speaking to him recently, uh, Lord, and the encouragement that he is to our church. Uh, Lord, we, we just pray this morning, Father, that those things that you want to share, Lord, are the things that come right to the front of his mind as he, uh, as he, uh, as he um, shares all that you put in his heart. Uh, Lord, give us ears to hear, Lord, and open our hearts, Lord, to receive your word. Amen. 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 Can you hear me, guys? Um, just going to put my timer. That's okay. Um, it's always, um, it's always uh, really exciting for me to, um, to speak because in previous... What things? Yeah? Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. Is that all right? Uh, in previous times, I, I used to get really nervous about what to say, and, um, and I used to sort of question myself a lot, that if I'm up here at the front, then my life before God must be, like, pristine and perfect, because then how, how would I then talk to you guys if I'm, like, you know, full of all this stuff that I'm going through? And um, to, to a certain extent, there, there's some truth in that, because I think, it's not that I think, but you, you're, you know, what, what God's given you, you've got to share with others. But then I've realized actually none of us are at that point in our lives that we can stand here at the front and say we, we are perfect. But what God's given us, you know, we ought to share with others. So my, my message today, it's about God's faithfulness. Because God is faithful and he wants you to share with the rest of us how he is faithful with you so that the rest of us can be encouraged. And I think that's very important. I, I, I realized that in my experiences with God, through my difficulties, my weaknesses, my failures, God is faithful. And, and we ought to share it with one another. We, we ought to sort of remove this idea that, you know, when we come to church, we all pretend to be perfect people who, who don't argue, who don't, you know, struggle, who don't fail. Uh, because, you know, when we're at church, we all need to be, like, you know, good-looking Christians. And I think that is just is so detrimental to the growth of everybody else. So um, the last time I spoke, I think I, I spoke a lot about my failures. This time, <laughs> I'm not going to uh, bore you with my experiences, although I will share a few. But I really want to um, bring the focus to God's faithfulness. And, and I got a question for you, actually maybe a couple of questions. And I want you to think about the, the question for a while and, and, and come up with an answer towards the end. And hopefully your answer will be the same as mine. God's faithfulness, is it all a big if? And what do I mean by that? A lot of the times, right, and if you go on YouTube or, you know, some sort of podcast, you, you will type in God's faithfulness and millions of sermons and preachings and teachings come on. God's faithfulness, and they more or less go along the lines that God is good, um, that God cares, that, you know, he will do things for you. Uh, the Bible does say that God is faithful when we are unfaithful, or, or he remains faithful when we are unfaithful. But before that, I'm going to talk a little bit about what God uh, faithfulness means. And faithfulness um, means you're loyal, you're constant, you're true, unswerving. You know all these words, trustworthy obedient. So the point is, what, you know, is God faithful to? Everybody knows that God is faithful. We can agree there. We can agree that God is faithful. But to what exactly? And do you, uh, do you have uh, an answer to this question that is personal to you? And, and this is where I like to sort of get to towards the end. 
Uh, however, I'm going to talk about someone else just for a little bit. Um, and it's uh, this man. Uh, does anyone know who he is or what, what, what he's famous for? Mr. Albert Einstein? No? <laughs> anyone been to school, I guess? Yeah. So Mr. Einstein, amongst other things, very famous um, mathematician or whatever he was, um, came up with the theory of relativity. So I'm not going to talk about that because I don't understand it myself. But he, he basically, um, he basically I, I would say he legalized or, or, or made it worldwide uh, the concept of wishful thinking. Wishful thinking. <laughs> You'll ask me, what are you talking about? And I'll, I'll explain. Um, Albert Einstein, a very ma clever man he was, couldn't make examples of his theories with practical things, right? He, he was trying to explain the speed of light and all these things, and there was no way he could explain them. So what he did is he developed, and I tried to explain, I was talking to this to my kids the other day, and they were like bored to death. <laughs> they were like, oh, he's doing it again, dad. And he developed what's known now as a mental experiment, or a thought, thought experiment. So he would, he would, I guess, sit for a few hours, and just run through lots of scenarios in his mind and then record the outcomes. And when a certain set of outcomes would be consistent, then he would call it a theory. And then based on that theory, he would try to find a formula and then try to prove it. And then that's how he begins. He begins with just thinking about something and, and pretending this is what I will do or this is what will happen if there was a set of circumstances. That's actually wishful thinking. That's what we all do all the time. We are always thinking that if this was, gonna, uh, if this was to happen, if, if I was to have this kind of job, if I was to be in this position, then this is what I will do. And, and I can prove it, right? That's what we all do. And that's called having mental experiments. This is what Einstein did to so-called prove that you know, the world happened in a big bang. It was just all in his mind. And, I like to think that for many of us, this is sometimes the biggest obstacle that we go to overcome, is our own minds, our own scenarios that we, that we put ourselves in. And then we think, yeah, if, if, if this was that way, or if that was that way. And, and a lot of the times, the main obstacle, I will say, in understanding God's faithfulness, it's money. And this is one area where I think God's really dealt with me to the point that I am hoping to make you understand towards the end, you can be free from. You can be free from this idea that if money was available, if money was enough, if, if money this or money that, your life would be easier. And in reality, actually, it would be a lot worse. A lot worse. And I have, unfortunately, this example. Do, do any of you know who this, guy, this couple are? Yeah? <laughs> Um, in 2011, they are the, the record lottery winners in the United Kingdom. I think they're living in Scotland. They won 161.6 million pounds or, or euros or whatever. But, but this is a big if, isn't it, when it came on the news? And uh, not long ago, this, this came to my mind because someone else in Northern Ireland about a month ago won 105 million pounds in the lottery. And, this is what everyone thinks will be the end of all your problems, isn't it? A little boom, like 160 million pounds. What are you going to do with this money? I mean, they're, they're not exactly young, these guys. So, you know, and, and unfortunately, 
I, I think that many people think that this is a solution. And whether we are Christians or not, we always think that if we had just a lot of money, we'll be able to buy a nicer house, a nicer car, send our kids to better schools, buy nicer clothes, be able to pay for things in advance, not, not having any debts, then we will be happy. That, you know, and, and you have to admit, as a Christian, you, you do have these doubts, this comes into play, and uh, is, is a very strong um, stronghold that can really grab all of us and can grab us for a very long time throughout our entire lives. It's not just a period of time. It, it could be a long life situation. Um, but unfortunately for this couple who at the time were married for 38 years, in 2017, they divorced. And isn't it just it's tragic? Isn't it tragic that all this money and you lose your marriage for 38 years? And these people, this couple, probably endured the toughest experiences in their life together. For 38 years, they, they remain together. They have 160 million pounds and they're on their own. Other things I also realized just on the, on the point of winning the lottery is that according to uh, multiple studies, 70% of people who win the lottery go broke uh, or file for bankruptcy. One, because um, they just go crazy spending money. You know, money doesn't grow on trees. So eventually you'll run out of it, you know. Um, people suffer all sorts of depression. Uh, they develop any kind of, um, you know, dodgy habits, you know. Uh, and many of them start taking lots of drugs, you know. One, because they can afford it, <laughs> and two, because they try to avoid the reality of their lives as such a misery. Another is that 1% of lottery winners go bankrupt every single year in the UK. Um, you can double check all these figures, I'm not making them up. Um, but the truth is that money won't solve all your problems. And the worst thing about this is that if you have a lot of problems that you think money will fix, money will give you lots of problems that money cannot fix. <laughs> and then you're, you're stuck with a set of problems that no money in the world is ever gonna fix. And it just made me realize, if, you, if, you, if you're going through difficulty financially, um, God has more than enough for you to keep going and keep going well if you trust in him and if you stop running scenarios in your head of what if, if you had enough money or what if, 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 you, if you had a better upbringing or if your parents weren't, weren't so bad, you know, being parents or uh, I don't know, if your partner or your wife, your husband, you know, wasn't such an idiot or whatever, you know. So um, it, it's, it's, it's this idea that we're constantly thinking what if, you know, what if. And, and it's all to do with Mr. Einstein, because basically he, he came out and said, you know, um, I've got this, 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 this theory, and they're like, well, how can you prove it? Oh, I thought about it, you know. Anyway, um, as I said, unfortunately, uh, Chris and Colin were divorced. Uh, but this is what I want to say to you. The Bible has a different view of God's faithfulness, and, and there is some ifs. Psalm 91, this is my favorite psalm, probably uh, I knew it by heart growing up. It says uh, in verse 9, If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will, ever, will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you, you will not strike your foot against a stone. Um, does anyone remember who else mentioned this in the Bible? 
the devil. Very interesting, isn't it? And, and he, this is what the devil said to Jesus when he tempted him in the desert. Um, very interesting that sometimes we can use the Bible or the devil can use the Bible to basically make us feel like God has failed us, isn't it? God is a liar or that God has deceived us and, and what he's really saying in there is not really true because look at me, I mean, I mean, I mean this mess right now, isn't it? But I would like to draw your attention to the first word that says if, and, and this is what I really want to, I don't want to be controversial and think that God is a, a sort of vending machine system where you put your trust and he gives you a chocolate bar. No, it's not like that. Um, but God says, if you say, and, and it's important that it is something that you have to declare with your mouth. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and that means that you put your trust in him and not on what God is able to provide for you. Because sometimes God will not provide you with what you want. Will not provide you sometimes with what you need. Not because he's, he's a mean God, but because he, he has purpose for your life. But yet, if you say, the Lord is my refuge, he promises, God promises that he, he will not let any harm come to you. And I think sometimes we, we got to recognize that we sometimes really struggle in life because we don't really know what God is saying. And actually, we don't know what God is faithful to. You know, you think, oh, God is faithful. Well, what does that mean? God is faithful. You know? Uh, Psalm 81 says, If only my people will listen to me, if Israel would follow my ways, how soon would I submit their, subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes? Again, God is reaching out to his people. And he's saying, if you people actually listen to me, if, if you guys turn around and, and do what I say, do follow my ways. And this is a bit the point that we many times forget when we're Christians, is that, is that we just expect that God should do this for us, many times. We just simply say, well, you know, I believe in God, yeah, you know, I've been a Christian 20 years, and, you know, God's not doing it for me. But how many times do we read in the Bible that the people of God, you know, Israel, but Israel represents the people of God, just don't do what God has asked of them to do. And what has God asked them to do? It's actually not physical, actual things. It's to put their trust in Him. And it's difficult. It's difficult to put your trust in Him. Because, you know, you live in a society, you live in a world where, where you, can, you can ensure everything, you know. Um, you can rely on your job to provide you with, with, with money. There is a health and welfare system that will support you uh, while you find work. And if you cannot work, then they will, they will supply you an income. And it's just so difficult to break from this idea that God will provide for you. It is impossible, I would say, without his actual spirit enabling us to trust in him. So many times we say, well, God hasn't done this, and I've given an offering, and I do this, and I do that, but nothing happens, right? And we live in such a, like, disillusion throughout our lives. And, and this can go on for a very long time. And, and in my life, I think, um, probably for the, maybe the last 10 years of my life, not the last 10 years, but maybe more, maybe the last 15 years, it, it's been a constant dissolution, trying to basically tell myself that, no, I don't feel frustrated. No, it's not true. God is good, but in, in, in the reality of myself, I'm feeling constantly like, no, God feels like he's let me down all the time. 
And that's how we normally sort of see God, isn't it? No, God, yeah, 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 I know what that says, but you know, what really is, really is happening here is that I just don't have enough money. Yeah? I, just, I just can't do this, I can't do that. Other people can and I can't. But we don't know what God is saying because we, we just assume that God is faithful and that's all there is to it. But God says, you are not following me. You are not trusting me. You have all these systems set up that are failing you, and yet, by my grace, you're still leaving, you're still going forward, but you don't trust me. And I think it is so important that we realize that if we put our trust in God, he will be faithful. The next says, um, very famous verse, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Um, everybody's heard this verse before, I'm sure, many times. But what is so important to realize is that God hasn't rejected us, hasn't let us down, hasn't abandoned us. We have. We have. We constantly turn away from God. We constantly forget about Him. We constantly just our, ourselves, our flesh, you know, just our very nature, it just, just goes away the opposite direction. And, and then, you know, can God bless you when you go and do things against, his, against what he stands for? Can God reward you for, for, for lying? Can God protect you when, when, you've, when you've done things that he, he cannot stand for? No, he cannot, because God is just and fair. Yet his mercy and his grace just keeps you going, keeps you alive. But God is got to be faithful first to what God is. And God is holy and God is just and fair. But then God is not keeping that away from us. He's telling us, and he has been telling us throughout the Bible, come to me and I will heal your land. What does that mean to heal your land? You know, I, I really, when, I, mean, I mean, I knew this verse since I'm a child, and uh, I just never quite thought about what healing your land means. It, means. it means that God will prosper you. Literally, because this is done at the time where people didn't really go to work in an office. People work the land, people work for people who had land, and they harvest and, and they sell their goods, and you know, people made a living out of that. But then the biggest danger for, for, for these people was drought, famine, you know, pestilence, and the land just wouldn't give any, any harvest, and people will die, you know. So God is saying that by you coming to God, there will also be a, a physical or a natural benefit. He will heal your land. But he is a secondary thing. He is more interested first that he will forgive your sins. And another thing I'd like to say about sin is that many times why when we read the Bible, um, especially if you grew up as a child in, in Christianity, you, you always think that sin in this sense means you, you worship other gods and you, you, know, you went and, 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 and married people from other religions and you always think that you know, it was a big sin. You know? um, they, they, you know, they, they, they worship Baal and sacrifice children to Baal and you think God, God was not happy with these people. You know? so, but sin in this context... God is saying, you people keep on going away from me. You keep on putting your trust elsewhere. 
You know, why, why did the people of Israel sacrifice children to Moloch and, and all this? Because those, those were gods of fertility. The need the people had was for crops, for livelihoods, for, for, for financial gain, for money, for prosperity. And that need drove people to trust other things other than God. Um, many times we see sin as some sort of like um, subliminal thing. You can't touch it, you can't feel it. But in reality, it's, it's your actions. It's the actions of putting your trust on something else. Um, Second Chronicles says, this is, this is God speaking to uh, David, uh, Solomon, um, at, when he dedicated the temple. As for you, um, if you walk before me faithfully as David your father did, and do all I command, and observe my decrees and laws, I will establish your throne, your royal throne. But if you turn away and forsake my decrees, my commands I have given you, and go off and serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot Israel from the land which I have given them. So again, God is not hiding away his emotions and his feelings. Uh, in Jeremiah, or one of those books, I can't remember exactly, there is, a, there is a description of how God feels like, like a husband whose wife has gone after some foreign men. You know? God is not, showing, is not showing an indifference to how he feels when we turn away from him. And he's telling us that he's able to do things for us if we trust him. But if we don't, then he's also telling us what he will do. Because God is just. God cannot tolerate this and, and just turn a blind eye. He himself cannot let these things happen. And although these things happen outside in the world, for the people of God, he comes and deals with it. But it's not all doom and gloom. And perhaps many people up to this point have, have maybe uh, built up some sort of uh, you know, theory or, or what you call um, uh, theology that, that God is a, what you call, um, conditional God. If you do this, I will do that. If you do that, I will do this. You know, if, 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 if. And in many ways, you could misunderstand God's point. But what I'm trying to say to you guys is, God, God does tell us what he will do. It won't be any secret. It's not a secret. But it's beyond that. Um, John 1, 1 says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Do you honestly think that in God's great knowledge and wisdom, he's really just concerned with your physical earthly life today and, and the fact that you, know, you need to have a certain status within, within your society? Is that all that you, you can reduce God down to to just make sure that you fit into the right you know, social class and uh, you, your kids are uh, you know, not the worst off and and then you can say, God, you've, you've, done your, you've done your bit. Is that all there is to God's faithfulness? Is that, is that as much as you can think God is useful for? You know? And I have to say, yeah, that's what we think of God sometimes. That's the truth. The truth is that we, we just make sure that God gives us enough food every day, enough money every month, that we can pay our bills, we can you know, go on holiday maybe once or twice a year. And, and that's, all, that's all we need to worry about God. Thank you very much. The rest, I, I can take care of it myself. I can deal with my own family myself. I know what to do with my kids. I, don't know, what, I, don't, I know how to handle my wife. I know how to handle work. I know how to handle colleagues. Just make sure, Lord, that the money keeps coming in and, you know, I'll be all right. 
But that's not really what God really wants with us. And I think, in a sense, as we, as we begin to, to know God, we begin to understand that, yes, God will provide for our needs, that God will pro- prosper us if we, if we are true to him and, and trust him. But God is so much more concerned with us as, as human beings, as people, as his children, than just simply what we go through. So it's not all just ifs. Um, Romans 8 says, God is for us. Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave, gave him out for us all, he will, not also, will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those who God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. And I think, for me, this, this verse, again, you know, we've heard it so many times. Um, but God is not a God of, if you just keep this way, then that'll be as, as good as he will get for you. Um, God is faithful to forgive us, to cleanse us, to give us a clear conscience, a clear conscience. How many of us have really screwed up in the past? Or sometimes how many of us have really messed up and, and, and caused damage to other people? Have basically made other people suffer as a result of our errors? All of us. Um, how many of us maybe have made mistakes that we think are beyond forgiveness or repair? You know? And we just sort of beat ourselves up all the time. But God says he is faithful to forgive us. And he is so much more concerned with you knowing his abundant love, forgiveness for us, his eternal grace, you know, that even if you go and, and make a mistake, don't, don't turn away from God. Don't say because, oh, I'm such a bad guy, I screwed up, no, no, God cannot accept me. Yes, of course not. Of course he will not accept you. But he's faithful to forgive you. If you turn to him, if you turn to God. Now, many of us, right, really struggle with this concept because we, we, have, we have built within us, since we're very little, a sort of massive, massive self-righteousness microchip, in a sense. Yeah? We live in a society that, that you, you need to be somebody who believes in yourself. You need to be somebody that knows what your qualities are. And, and that there is hundreds and thousands of, of, of theories and books and authors and, and writers that just, that just say, you know, self is the basis for success. Believe in yourself, believe in your ability, believe in what you can do and what you can achieve, uh, visualize and, and you know, declare it and claim it, and all of these nonsense. Uh, but really, what that does is when we completely screwed up, right, it leaves us in a place that like, well, I've screwed up, so, you know, what can I do? And, and some people actually don't even realize that God is ready to forgive you and ready to change you and ready to completely do something with your life that you have no idea about. But we just, oh, no, 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 you know, no, 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 no. What I did is, you know, I can't even talk to you about that because, you know. And, and that's some sort of like, you know, reverse kind of like, you know, pride or inverted pride that, that we all have. We all have, you know. Um, I, was, I was sharing with, with, with the men that um, it's so difficult for me at least, or I will say for men in general, to say sorry to my wife. Like, I'm wrong, you know. I just really struggle saying I'm wrong. I was wrong. I would rather say, like, you know, I would rather say, well, I think, I think your idea is better 
I think we should go with what you said, right? You know, than to say simply, yeah, I think I was completely wrong there. No, sorry about that. It's just so difficult. You know, and, and if it's so difficult to, to, to say it to the person that you can see and touch, supposed to love, how, more, how much more difficult is it? You know, your sense of guilt to, to say to God, God, I totally screwed up. And another thing that it really is difficult, right, is this idea that, you know, no one needs to know. Nobody needs to know, you know, right? We just bury it under the ground, quickly keep it quiet. Yeah, 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 was all right, you know. Um, yeah, 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 we don't, we don't want to talk about that, you know. We, we just simply um, just go forward, you know. But, but God is saying you need to come to me and confess. Confess what you've done wrong, and I am faithful to forgive you. And it's great. Um, I, don't I don't know how to say it, but when you realize that you can be the biggest, you know, fool, but you come to God and say, God, I'm a fool, but I know that you will forgive me if I confess because you are true to your word. Isn't that just great? Isn't that just a massive, like, I wouldn't call it a get-out-of-jail card, but to know that you will be forgiven in advance. Now, that doesn't give you freedom to go and commit all kinds of stupidities, but isn't it great to know that if you make a mistake, God will forgive you? Um, Psalm 91 later on says, because he loves me, and this is God talking about us, because we love God, he says, says the Lord, I will rescue him, I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name, he will come he will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and I will show him my salvation. This is what really God is saying and he will be faithful to that. He will be faithful that if you love him, says the Lord, he will rescue you. And, and he will rescue you because you put yourself in a ditch. <laughs> Pretty much. But you still love God, right? You're not perfect. You, you are not some sort of, you know, I don't know, Benny Hinn looking guy that, you know, goes around with his jacket throwing people all over the floor and he's never made a mistake, you know? No. David, the great man of God, the, the greatest king of Israel, was a man that committed all kinds of terrible, terrible, um, you know, um, uh, um, mistakes or sins, whatever you want to call it. But he loved God. He understood that it's not about him. And, and, and God says he will rescue him. He will deliver him. He will honor him, protect him. He will satisfy him. I, I really don't know. When was the last time, right, you felt truly satisfied? Um, it, it is something that is very difficult to sort of genuinely feel that you are really satisfied. Whatever is it, I don't know, physically, emotionally, you know. God is the only one that can satisfy. Whatever is it that you sort of, you know, longing for, that satisfaction, you know, God can satisfy. Um, Jesus said, very truly I tell you, whoever looks for me, <coughs> you don't, sorry, very truly I tell you, you look for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and you had your fill. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes, will, whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. 
Now, I brought, this is all in the same paragraph, but I cut it between 26 and 35 because many times, right, we come to Jesus because of the benefits he can give us. Um, and it's true. And it's true. And Jesus said it. And he said it to people's faces. You come to me because, you know, I, you, know you were listening to me. You go hungry and, and the disciples said, it's time to go home because these people are hungry. And therefore, you know, God is it's all spiritual. But if you're hungry, just go to your house. Don't talk to me about it, you know. And then they realized, you know what? Jesus can actually feed my belly too. So what they did is they kept coming to Jesus, not because they wanted to hear Jesus, but because they just want to keep eating for free. And, and this is another sign of just who we are as people. This is, this is also us, each of us. We, we come to God because we see a, 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 a palpable, tangible benefit. You know, we, we come to God and, and, we, and we, we receive some sort of benefit, you know. In, in, in my experience, for example, like, you know, as some of you guys know, for a few, uh, a few years ago, you know, I went through a really difficult period of my life where, you know, I changed careers and I was, I was not working. I, I was unemployed for something like, you know, about nine months or something like that. And uh, money was, was really in short supply, you know. And, and the church helped a little bit, you know. I never went to the church and said, oh, guys, I need money. But I, the, the, the church had in their hearts to help us. And then they did a little bit. And it was great, you know. But many, many people think that, oh, you know, so I don't need to maybe find a job. I can just keep on coming to say that I'm struggling. I can't find a job. And the, the church will keep on giving us. And, and this is really what we do as people, right? Maybe not necessarily in that context, but... You know, we come to church because we see some sort of benefit. We, we, we receive it. We feel it. We, we have a sense of, uh, you know, a, a gain when we come to Christ. You know, we feel better maybe about ourselves. Maybe we feel like we have more hope in our lives. But then that's the reason why. Jesus says, you come to me not because of the signs, but because you ate and you had your fill. But Jesus says something even more. I am the bread of life. You know, if you, if, you, if you know the Lord Jesus, you know, it's so wonderful to, to understand these things in, your, in yourself, in your being, to know that when you, when, you, when you read what Jesus says, you feel full, you feel full of confidence, full of joy, full of forgiveness, you know, you, you are grateful, you know, it, it, the Lord humbles you with his abundance, you know, forgiveness, with his grace, the fact that his mercies are new every morning. You have your fill of him, of who Jesus is. And it's great. I, I, I can't stop saying how wonderful it is to know that when you come to the Lord, he will forgive you. When you taste of, of him, you, you will be filled, you know. And, and your life doesn't have to be a wishful thinking experiment. Jesus, uh, Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sings is a slave of sin. Now, a slave has no, par no permanent place in the family but a son belongs, it belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And again, if you really struggle with something in your life, I don't know what it is. I, I really don't know. For, for me, for a very long time, was the concept of money. It was. It was the fact that if only I had enough money, I could do this, I could do that. Or I don't have enough money, so I can't do this and I can't do that. And perhaps for the last three or four years, God has proven in my life every single time that if I put God first, if I seek God's kingdom first and his righteousness, 
the money is not a problem. I'm not telling you now I have lots of money, but what I'm telling you is that when I decided to go and do something for the Lord, the money was supplied. It just, it just happened, you know, and I cannot tell you how. Um, first of all, like two years ago, I decided to go to India, and um, I don't know how it happened. There was enough money raised. I didn't really have, a, you know, much to offer apart from myself, you know, but I, I really felt in my heart, you know, I really want to go to India, you know, when, when I heard... Um, this guy from Vision for Asia speaking at, at, at a conference in Aurora four years before, you know, I really felt this is something I like to do, you know. It took me four years to build up the courage to say, I have no money, guys, but I like to come, <laughs> you know. And, and somehow the money, the money was supplied, and I went, you know. And I, and I felt God, God was almost, in a, sense, in a sense, rewarding me for daring to believe, right? Daring to say, you know what, I, I don't know how this is going to work out, but, you know, I, I want to come. That's as much as, as much as I can say, as much as I can give. It's just give myself, give my time. Uh, I, I can offer nothing more. And God provided. And it was about a thousand pounds worth of money that was required. The, the second year, the second year we went, I went to India, it's exactly the same. I, I already used up all my holidays. I had no more time, you know, left. So I said, Lord, I want to go to India. You did it last year. Don't know how you're going to do it this year, but again, I want to go. And And, you know, People at work felt for me that, you know, what I was doing was something so noble that they gave me the time off and they paid for it as well, you know. And, and you know, my mother of all people, like, you know, who, who didn't really know so much about what I'm doing in India, when then phoned me up and said, I'll give you the money. I didn't ask her for the money, but it happened, you know. And, and then even more recently this year, uh, you know, as you know, my, my wife came to work on, came to work on a Friday uh, the, at the end of May, and they said to her, we, we guys, we, we're going bust, guys, so no one's getting paid. This is May, May, a couple of months ago, you know? And I was like, oh, you know? I get paid slightly earlier than my wife. My wife gets paid at the end of the month. I get paid a bit before, five, four days before. So, you know, I was so happy. I didn't tell any of you this, but, you know, I was really happy because I managed to pay for, for the Aurora Conference for the first time ever, like with a few months in advance, you know? And I just paid it all, paid all this big lump sum of money. And now she, my wife just came and said, oh, I lost my job. I, and, you know, I was like, right. But I'm like, no, if God provided for me to go to India twice, then God will provide for this situation. And then our car broke down and I'm like, all right, okay. We don't have a car. I just paid for a trip that we need a car for. And my wife doesn't have a job. Great. Um, and then I start to like go, oh, but if only won the lottery. And the devil just puts these little doubts, seeds in your mind. If only you would have like, you know, don't be so stupid in trying to change careers and stick to your old job, you know, and then you would have enough money. If only you wouldn't let your wife manage the money and keep it all for yourself and, you know, and you have all these ideas, right? And uh, again, you know, it's a, it's a real battle in your mind uh, but if you trust in the Lord, right, you will, you will see the power of God. And, and you, you have to put yourself literally out there. If God doesn't hold you up, you will, you will fall and crash and burn. But he won't let you do it because it's God's reputation at stake and he won't let you do it, you know. So I didn't tell anybody, you know. We came to church that day. It was a Sunday after my wife lost her job. And it was really tough to praise and worship God, you know. It was really difficult to sing of God's goodness when, when you basically, 
just paid all your bills, now how are you going to eat the rest of the month? Because usually my, my wages pay the bills, same as wages, take care of everything else throughout the month. And you're like, oh, you know, I was this close to call up, you know, Dan, Dan Bull and say, can you refund me the money? I just, uh, you know, it really happened, you know. But I said, no, I'm not going to say anything. I'm really going to trust Lord because, Lord, if you don't come through right now, right here, then I'm just going to quit this game, right? And then at the end of the day, somebody in the church said, this is for you, by the way. And I was like, what? Okay. All right, thank you. And I, and I thought it was some sort of, uh, you know, happy anniversary card because that weekend was also our wedding anniversary. Um, and inside there was, there was an envelope full of money. And, 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 you know, we were able to pay for some things. <laughs> uh, it must not be named, I would say, yeah. And inside there, there was a little note that he put, uh, you know, something like, you know, those who trust the Lord will lack nothing or something like that, you know. So I was like, oh, this is amazing. And, and then my wife had previously had an interview set up for a Monday, she's, she lost her job the, the, the Friday before. She went for an interview and she, and she was offered the job on Monday. So she was literally unemployed for one weekend, you know. Um, but before that, I was just given this money and then she's like, we um, need to go and do a bit of shopping. I was like, oh, shopping, I'm not so sure, because what sort of shopping, food shopping? She's like, no, no, I need to buy a new suit because I'm going for an interview and I can't go. I was like, oh, what shall I do, what shall I do? So. I'm a bit like, all right, you know, money's an issue, you don't have a job, I, I just got this bit of, bit of money here, which is gonna be great, because we don't know how long you're gonna find the job. And, and I really like, I was walking towards like, uh, you know, I don't know, Sarah or next, whatever, we're gonna buy a suit for her to go for an interview. And I was really struggling in my mind. I was just walking and I was struggling. And I said, I can't, I can't live my life like this anymore. I can't just have this, burning feeling that everything is just about to collapse and, and you know so I just said Lord you know you give me this money I'm just gonna give it back to you I'm just you know what I said to Zaina yeah let's go let's go and get a nice suit and we got her a really nice suit and really nice shoes and you know what women are like when it comes to clothing she's just oh I need extra this and I need extra that I was like oh just, just let's just do it so we went in there and we got her some really nice outfits for her interview and then at the end of the day uh, put the money in the bank the rest of it and I was like, Lord, I said to myself, I haven't done this, you know, in, in spite of what you've done for me. I've, uh, you know, I went in there and, and I was trying to be as generous as I can towards my wife, as I can see you're generous towards me. And, you know, how can I pretend to say you're faithful? If my wife needs something right now, I'm going to be like, no, 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 you know what? Can you just like, you know, just go with like the way you normally go on an interview? I said, no, I'm going to just not do what I feel like doing. And, and then on top of that, I didn't even say this to my wife, but I, I gave an offering of the money that was given to me back to the church, you know? And, and then on Monday, she came home and she said, the interview went really well. They, they said to her, we'll let you know in 10 days. I was like, oh, okay, well, let's hope, you know? And the next morning, they said to her, we were so impressed with you, we want you to start straight away, you know? And, and then on top of that, they gave her a higher salary than the one she had before, you know. Um, and then, you know, somehow, you know, we, we also received another, like, amount of money that was exactly, more or less, her entire salary for that month, 
So we had more money actually that month. <laughs> we had almost double the amount of money that month than we would have had if we just had no more, no more salary pays. And uh, I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. So it seems like at least maybe we'll be able to have a little car to go to Aurora because we pay for it. And uh, again, through the whole month of July, we, we had one cost after another cost after another cost, and, and I had enough money saved to buy a car, and it just got depleted and depleted and depleted to about half or maybe less than half. And I'm like, Lord, I can't keep on doing this anymore. I can't just keep on like, you know, but I'm like, I'm not going to hold on to the money. I'm just going to let it go. I'm just going to, and it was like literally painful to give money away, you know. This is a hundred pounds. This is a hundred pounds. This is a hundred pounds. I was like, uh, okay. I'm like, you know what, God? If you've given me life today, I'm happy for that. I'm just going to let it go, right? And again, somehow, you know, we found an amazing deal and bought a great car. And we still have money left over, <laughs> you know? And then someone said to Zaina, oh, you know, your bank overcharged you something 10 years ago, and here is 300 pounds, you know? Really? It's like, yeah. You know, I've got amazing stories with the bank, by the way, you know? Um, <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is, uh, God is faithful. God is faithful to when he says, if you just put your trust in me, I will, I will, I'll take care of you. But more than just the money, what God is interested in is, is, is taking care of us as his children. He wants to show us that he will take care of us so that we go out and say to people, this is what God has done for me. You can't keep it to yourself. You know, even as I was thinking, how much shall I share this morning of what God is doing in our family? Oh, maybe I shouldn't talk about that. Maybe I shouldn't talk about that. Because, you know, no, who needs to know that? No. God, God does stuff in your life because he wants you to share it. You know? When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who, sees, who's, who is unseen. And your father who sees <clears throat> what is done in secret will reward you. And, and really, God is so much more concerned with you and what you want and what you are like as an individual and, and what makes you tick, you know. And he wants to change your, 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 your fake idea of wishful thinking and he wants to give you a reality that is so much more amazing, you know. And that's pretty much it, guys. It says in Psalm 92, it is good to praise God, to make music to your name, almost high, to proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. His love in the morning, because when you, when you know what God has done for you, you, you can't help to say, God, thank you for loving me. And at the end of the day, where, where God has supplied all your needs, you say, thank you for being faithful. It's really amazing. I can't say enough how much more God is able to do for you when you stop thinking like Einstein, wishful thinking, if only this, if only that. And then you bring out this theory and then you put it to everybody else and, and get rid of all of that and just trust in the Lord. And that's pretty much it, guys. And the last thing I will say is that, um, as you know, guys, we, we all here do a bit of cycling and we love cycling. We went on a trip uh, about a month ago and... Um, and we, we had a good time. We had a good time, didn't we? And I was really up for these, and I was loving it, and I was just, just like, you know, having a great time. And I had a big crash, you know. Great, didn't it? You know, I crashed over some, like, you know, level crossing rail tracks. We were, like, going about 40 k's an hour. And, uh, 
And I had a big, nasty crush, right? Big, nasty crush. And nothing happened to me. <laughs> I got up, I look at myself, and I'm like, I was like, oh, I was like, my collarbones must be broken. I probably got a broken elbow or a broken wrist or a hip or a knee. And um, I, was, I was fine. <laughs> yeah, of course, I had a few bruises. And, but, you know, God, God takes care of you. And, and even in the things that you like and you're not pretending to be a minister, you're just going on a road trip and you're just having a good time with the boys and, and something really terrible happens. God, God picks you up. God takes care of you. And, and yes, of course, it was a crash that was my fault because I took my eyes off the road and you know, got distracted and lost control. But even then, God doesn't let you suffer what you truly deserve. Because I, I could easily have seriously injured myself that time. You know, seriously. But, you know, God is faithful. And I just want to encourage you to, to trust in the Lord, to, to realize that his faithfulness is there for you today, tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, and, and you don't need to live in fear. You don't need to live in, in, in panic, in anguish, you know, sleepless nights in how things are going to work out. Just, just hand it over to God and, and enjoy, enjoy living in the freedom that he gives you. Amen, guys?